Okay. I'd like to uh, invite Sadie up to come and share with us this morning on the next installment of our journey through Psalms, which is all about justice, worship through justice. And I can't think of someone better to speak about this than Sadie. But I won't say too much more because I'll, uh, I'll nick all the talk. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for a warm welcome um, and inviting me. It's lovely to be here. What a good series, worship, focusing on worship and those interesting topics you've got in your series. So worship through justice. You'll be relieved to know that I'm not come here to sign you up to campaigns. We will not end with a protest march. So if that's your fear, you can relax. Okay, that's not the aim of this morning. It's to focus on God's heart for justice. And Anthea read those verses from Psalm 33. I've gathered you had some Psalms that you were reading this week, and some which reflects. And throughout the Old Testament, there's lots of references to justice and God's heart, isn't it? And often linked to righteousness and God's call for justice, often kind of talking about reaching out to the oppressed, to the poor, encouraging Israel to be a just society and how it cares for people, how it administers itself, how it looks after those vulnerable. So your first reflection was on that, reflecting that, and then your second one on Psalm 7, reflecting more, are, there's like a natural cry isn't there, in humanity for justice, and that's um, the end to wickedness, and we see so much suffering, don't we? We see so much justice, and it's a natural response, kind of, will there be an end? Will there be an end to wickedness? Will there be justice for those who need justice? Um, but then it's bigger. We all have a different view on what justice is, and we think about it in different ways. So I want to first just think about justice, and then think about Jesus' response, and then our response. So, because um, at the moment, so much of the scriptures about justice are in the Old Testament, and even in the New Testament, they're often quoting the Old Testament, but it's clearly a key part of Christian teaching and experience. Um, Pope Francis, in the spirit of St. Francis, says, the great biblical tradition enjoins on all people the duty to hear the voice of the poor. It bids us to break the bonds of injustice and oppression which gave rise to glaring and indeed scandalous social inequities. And then he goes on and um, he's obviously in a position to be much stronger in what he says and than I plan to be. So we'll think about different types of justice. Can I have slide two? See what society looks to organize itself, doesn't it, as a, in different ways around justice. We think about different organizations, structures, institutions. We all live together and justice comes into all of those areas. So often the first thing people think about justice is legal justice looking at the, how society organizes itself, how laws are, what laws are there, and those laws reflecting the views on justice as a society. Um, often that can be a slight swerve to harshness. I was looking at this survey this week. Is this? Oh, no, we're good verses. We'll come back to them. This survey 
um, in the New Statesman, looking at people's response to um, different kind of law-breaking. So it starts with very minor things, or what most people would see as very minor, going um, through to not wearing your seatbelt, through to murder and rape. So we have different grades of law-breaking, and then how long they think the res- what the response should be, whether it should be over, five, fi- over 15 years in prison through to community service, through to no punishment. So, and so this is the kind of society, this is, reflects kind of views of, towards offences in the UK. So a little bit concerning, 15% of our society thinks you should be in prison for not wearing your seatbelt. So, um, 1% for over 15 years. (laughs) There's probably a story behind that. That's probably a very tragic story behind that, but that's um, use of illegal drugs. You'd be kind of like up to six months. We're talking, there's about over 40% of people. That kind of reflects values, doesn't it? It's kind of, you know, you might be in that 40% and it might be on what you view as an illegal drug but that's a law isn't it if we you know 20 years on and a different generation might have put alcohol in there we might not put ourselves in that 40% <laughs> you know it's all relative isn't it and where your experience but the, the general swear is we would quite like a lot of people in prison as a society, for breaking laws. So, um, and that is one aspect of justice. But we have political justice, kind of voting rights, ways society organises themselves, and there's been big movements, campaigns, haven't these suffragettes, changes. The big one that often people get involved in, social justice, and a call to social justice, and social justice movements often call and um, use scripture and represent, um, is part of the tradition, you know, Martin Luther King Jr. at his um, great speech, I Have a Dream, using those one of those verses that Andy gave us on Amos about, let, we can go to it. Let, but let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream was part of that speech. He actually started it with, we will not be satisfied. So social justice can be, be very active it? and a call to action. But again, wanting big change. And that's... So I was praying through this, and I was thinking, is that what God's wanting me to speak about this morning? But what I really wanted to focus on was these verses in Micah, and then some verses in Hebrew, and about thinking about Jesus' response and our response, and how it can affect us. And I want to put these particularly, because we're talking about worship and how we respond through justice and worship. And it says, what does God require of us? And we know these verses well, don't we? To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. And I, wanted to th- and I was 
just drawn to Hebrews 13, where it talks about Jesus, because there's not that much in the New Testament talking about justice. If you just do your flick through, and obviously when you go deeper, there is. But I was thinking about Jesus and worship and justice, and it, I was drawn to these verses where it says, um, where are we? That, so that we have an altar from which those who serve the tabernacle have no right to eat. For the bodies of those animals whose blood is brought into the sanctuary by the high priest for sin and are burned outside the camp. Therefore Jesus also, that he might sanctify the people with his own blood, suffered outside the gate. Therefore let us go forth to him outside the camp, bearing his approach, suffering with him. And I thought of Jesus' response to justice to go to the cross, and it's always to take us to the cross, isn't it? When we think about Jesus. So his approach to justice is to go to the cross, to not be at the top. You know, we think of righteousness, and we might want to place ourselves at that altar. And but our approach is to go to Jesus and to be with him outside that gate, in the dirty place, in the mess. And when we're dealing with the injustices, it's messy. It's where there's lots of suffering, where there's lots of rejection. And our worship of justice is to go to Jesus on the cross. And it's always, isn't it? We're always drawn to the cross, to come to Jesus on the cross and to be with him in that place, outside the camp, suffering with him. And as we get involved in justice, it will be messy. It won't be straightforward. It will be complicated. Um, it will involve different views. So I was thinking about justice and that. And I think if we go with these, it's really important to read it the other way up. Our starting point needs to be humility. If we are humble and come to Jesus at the cross, you know, it says we're, we're humbled by the cross, doesn't it, that song? We're humbled by the cross, so our starting point has to be humility. We then have to love mercy, and those amazing words, to love mercy, not just to up, you know, be merciful, not to begrudgingly give a little bit, to love. We are called to love mercy. And I think with all of these issues, we can't be more merciful than God. And if it's complicated and we're not sure in our response, I'd say, well, you know, you can't go wrong with being a bit more merciful. And if there's a choice, <laughs> just make that one. I remember I was thinking about before we moved from Marlowe and we had a young man live with us who had come to us straight from prison and it was, you know, and he was did fine for a while but then life started to get too much for him and he went back, got involved with people that didn't help him and he went up back on drugs and it was all difficult and, and it was very difficult having him live with us and we ended up to a point where we had to ask him to move out, and that was really difficult. 
for us. It was really difficult for Colin, who's kind of, believe it or not, much nicer than me. <laughs> and but it, it got so the final thing for Colin was he was making life really difficult for our neighbours. You know, and we had some, you know, we had lovely neighbours who were really supportive, but this young man was making their life very difficult, particularly if we weren't there. Um, so, it, you know, the right thing to do, even though it was difficult, was to ask him to move out. And we found this really hard. And, and I just remember him, you know, and lots of things were going really wrong for him. And then in, he got promoted, you know, and we'd made this decision and, and he got promotion at work. And I just thought, Father God, you are more merciful than me. Help me to always remember you are more merciful than me. You've always, there's still hope. There's still second chances. Help me to love mercy and be, you know. And so I would just say, when whatever issue you're dealing with, God is more merciful than we are. And if you think there's too much mercy, well, I think we'll make less mistakes by being too merciful. You know, and God's heart. One of the things, um, one of the areas I work in is I work in a contact centre, just because I work with social services a lot and do different roles in children's services. And so just one, sometimes two days a week, I'm at the contact centre, and the role there is when children have had, you know, through whatever, lots of different reasons, but while a, when a child's had to be removed from their parents and are entering the care system and you, the, there's an investigation and it takes quite a long time, but you still need to support contact between a family and a child. And I work with really lovely people and social services is very stretched and there's lots of things about it that's very broken and difficult. But I do like in this centre, they work really hard. We work really hard to make this as most positive experience as it can be in an experience that's horrible. It is horrible for everyone. It's horrible for the children. It's horrible for the parents. It's not particularly pleasant for the social workers. But, you know, and, but we still try to make that as positive and... We spent a lot of time last year working on the um, reviewing things. So particularly when it's the last time if a child's being adopted and it's the last time they're spending time with their parents, how we make that as positive as po- and how we record it so that if a young person wants to read about that time when they're an adult, it's as positive. And we're thinking about that, how we train people, how we record things. Because we want it, you know, you can still... And I want to share this because I just think we can choose to do justly. We can... How we choose people. If we start humbly and we love mercy, we will do justice. How we treat people. And for me this morning, justice is simply how we treat people. How we seek to treat people. I've had a lot of experience. I don't, I don't want to be political because I don't want to switch people off. But I've had a lot of dealings with the Home Office in the last two years, supporting the young man who's a refugee who lived with us. And it doesn't feel like this experience, I have to say. You know, it's, it's been harsh. It's been rejecting. It's been really difficult. My 
you know, visiting, it's been quite shocking. And I think we need to aim for this. Um, so I've got, and it just might think differently in how we approach. I've got a poem to read to you called Refugees, because this is obviously, you know, what our experience at the moment and an area been more involved in than some other times. I need to put, sorry, I'm going to... So, I have read this poem to some of you, but um, I'm going to read it one way, and then I'm going to read it again, and to see how you can see how we approach things completely change how we approach people. So I will read this poem to twice. So the first time I'm reading it from the top. They have no need of our help, so do not tell me these haggard faces could belong to you or me, should life have dealt a different hand. We need to see them for who they really are, chances and scroungers, layabouts and loungers, with bombs up their sleeves, cutthroats and thieves. They are not welcome here. We should make them go back to where they came from. They cannot share our food, share our homes, share our countries. Instead, let us build a wall to keep them out. It is not okay to say these people are just like us. A place should only belong to those who were born there. Do not be so stupid to think that. The world can be looked at another way. The world can be looked at another way. Do not be so stupid to think that. A place should only belong to those who were born there. These are people just like us. It is not okay to say, build a wall to keep them out. Instead, let us share our homes, share our countries, share our food. They cannot go back to where they came from. We should make them welcome here. They are not cutthroats and thieves with bombs up their sleeves, layabouts and loungers, chances and scroungers. We need to see them for who they really are, should life have dealt a different hand. These haggard faces could belong to you or me, so do not tell me they have no need of our help. Not by me, by a man called Brian Bilston. Which, um, so just my encouragement with justice is be humble. Go to Jesus at the cross. Everything, every at that time, starting point, Jesus at the cross. Love, mercy. What a calling to love, mercy, and then do justice. Thanks, Eddie.